Well, for those of you that haven't been with us for this entire series, let me talk a little bit about where we've been and, and hopefully where we're headed together. We're finishing up a series where we've talked about serving others, but really that's part of a larger season that we've been in. We've been talking about mission, God's mission in the world, and what's the mission of his people, his church? What are we supposed to be about together? And I think it can be most easily distilled down the way Jesus did. Jesus said the mission, what we're here for, what we're created for, can be summed up this way. Love God with all you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. And when you do, things that are broken get repaired. And things that should come to life have an opportunity to come to life. And this thing called shalom looks a little more real in the world. Shalom is something that's talked about in the scriptures all the way from back in the very beginning. It's translated peace in the Old Testament. But essentially, when God created the world, we read this all the way back in Genesis 1 and 2. He created it with all these different entities, all the, the, the land and the sea and the sky and the ground and people and animals and trees and all of it, all these entities. But it was meant to work together in one unity, in one harmony, one thing. That's shalom. But... Pretty quickly, after creation, humanity, we decided to move away from that plan. We pulled away from this unity and this love and this shalom of God. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're here, and I'm so thankful you're here, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, but if you're not a follower of Jesus, you'll agree the world's not all right. We have remnant, and, and, and it's easy to see that not all is perfect, and therefore we see the, the aspects of, of sin entering the world all the time, all around us. We can all agree that not everything is right with the world. And God had some options. He could have said, well, I'll leave you to your own devices. You chose that way. You are outside. Or he could do what he chose to do, which is relentlessly pursue us. He had a plan to restore all things and reconcile the whole world to himself, Paul says in the scriptures. And that plan, in such a surprising way, includes us. Us moving back toward him and back toward each other so that we can play in this, this imagine as a symphony. God's plan for the world, all these different instruments with all these different notes, but playing one singular thing. That is God's plan for the world, and it includes us. And so we've talked about this idea of how do we join God in restoring all things, repairing what is broken? How do we bring shalom back to our world? A few weeks ago, we said, well, it starts with thinking like an underdog. In the face of all the need in the world, and there is a lot of need, pain, hurt, brokenness all around us. In the face of all of that, that can feel like a giant. We need to think like an underdog that doesn't say, well, I guess that's how things are, and I guess nothing changes, and I guess I just have to live this way. No, we change the equation. We surprise the world, and we do it by serving. And we do it by serving as an act of worship. See, serving is meant to be an act of worship. It's just the underdog act of worship. Because when we were in need, when we were outside, when we were alone and had no chance of making it back to God, God, in the most surprising of ways, came to us. He entered. He changed the equation. And so serving is an act of worship, but it's the underdog act of worship. It starts there. It continues, we talked about last week, by relentlessly pursuing this idea of neighboring. The people around us matter to God, and we're supposed to live like it's true. And so we relentlessly pursue the idea that people shouldn't be left out or alone. They should be invited in and cared for and noticed. And lastly, we join God in restoring shalom this week, we'll talk about, by remembering when I 
do weddings, uh, when I have a, an opportunity to officiate weddings, and I'm always humbled when I have the opportunity to officiate a wedding. I, I think they're some of the most beautiful things that we'll get to be a part of this side of heaven because people from all different backgrounds and, and different understandings, they all point in one direction, looking at a couple and believing that God can do something or that, that, that beauty can happen through this couple. They're all pointed in the same direction, believing in something that hasn't fully happened yet but might be possible that is good. So I love being a part of weddings, but in preparation for officiating a wedding, I always sit with a couple and I give them an exercise. I say, you can do it in the same room, but do it independently. Answer a simple question. Actually, write out the answer. Uh, take as long as you need to do that. But answer the question, why am I marrying this person? And they think about all the, the reasons why they care about this person and care for this person. And, and it's a good thing. And they share it before the wedding. And, and I love to encourage them to do that. But really, the purpose behind that is because what I said is, okay, now you've done it once. Continue to do it. Every year on your anniversary, answer the question, why am I married to this person? Why am I marrying this person? Because there's something really powerful about remembering the good in people, remembering the beauty in people, remembering the, the promises that you've made. And, and similarly, if a couple comes into my office and they're having trouble in their marriage, I actually ask them a very similar question. Can you remember a time that was good? Why did you marry this person? Because there's something really powerful about remembering remembering the common purpose that the couple came together under. Remember, they made a commitment to love and to cherish, to serve each other, to outserve each other. And the hope is that they'll be drawn back together in that remembering process. So remembering is important. So part of our celebration to, to, to finish up this NYSERV series and, and this season of NYSERV is we're going to remember. Let me tell you a little bit about what's happened over particularly the last Week. Yesterday, we had a great event here, but we had events at all of our summit campuses. So not just here, but at Lake Mary and at Herndon. Actually, 33rd will be participating as well. So all of our campuses were part of the event, NYSERV, to serve others. And over 700 people that call Summit home donned the green shirts and went out and served. And that is an awesome thing, 700 people. If you calculate the three hours of service that they, each of them gave to these various organizations, 50 actually, uh, plus involved, that's a year or so worth of employment hours that happened in one morning. That's the impact that God's people can have. But if you add to that the other 500 or so people that served throughout the week, because remember, it, we went from a single day service event to this full week of service to give more opportunity for everybody to be a part of it. There were another 500 people that did projects throughout the week. That's 1,200 people doing nice serve and, and reflecting the love of Christ. It was a wonderful thing. Here at this campus, it's the biggest nice serve we've had in four years. It's awesome, wonderful that that happened. And, and it all adds up to all these organizations doing Christ-honoring work in our city, having their vision moved forward by our support and, and a lot, a lot, a lot of loving our neighbors as ourselves. It's an awesome thing. But as I think about all that impact, I really think it, it pushes us back toward Isaiah 58, which is what we've been looking at for this series, because this is Isaiah 58 lived out. If you Go to verse 12, and it's on the back of your bulletin. You can open your Bible if you want to. This is where Isaiah turns from the call to serve others, that this is a, a, a request of God, a call of God to serve others, to what's the impact that happens when you do serve others. And verse 12 of Isaiah 58 says this, Your people, God, will rebuild the ancient ruins and will rise up age-old foundations. 
You will be called repairers of broken walls, restorers of streets with dwellings. There's kind of two aspects going on here. There's a repair aspect, and there's also a development aspect, right? We're repairing ancient ruins. We're fixing broken things when we serve others. Patterns, hurts, directions that, 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 are, that are askew. We repair those things, but also we provide framework for other development to happen, movement toward God's good intention, God's good intention in the world. So both of those things happen when we serve, and that's happened this week. Wrongs have been undone, and groundwork has been laid for our community to look a little bit more like what God said of the world when he created it in Genesis chapter 1. He spun the world into existence, and he said, this is good. And when we serve others, when we repair broken things, and we set development toward a horizon of things being good for future, then all of a sudden we're, we get to be a, a part of that, God's good intention for the world, the world looking more like what God wanted. It's an incredible thing, and I hope that you've experienced that this week or as you serve others. But there's an interesting thing. There's, a, there's another benefit that's talked about in Isaiah 58. It's actually the verse before, verse 11. And I think we can sense what is being talked about here with the repairs of broken walls, the, the streets with dwellings. These are, this is development language. We can sense that when we serve others, that things get better for the world around us. But there's a surprise in verse 11. Verse 11 says, The Lord will be your guide always. He, God, will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. And you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. This is talking about the one that serves, the one that takes their freedom, the time they've freed up to worship God and actually use that for the freedom of others, that they'll be like a well-watered garden. So God's plan is restored when we serve others. His plan for the world, shalom, things are drawn back together. And development in line with God's call to move his good creation forward happens when we serve others, but maybe surprisingly, refreshing. Refreshment for us happens when we serve others. How's that? I mean, maybe you were at NYSERV yesterday and, and you got a little, little tightness in the back or maybe you're a little bit exhausted or you, you, know, you, you stubbed your toe on something. You're like, I don't feel all that refreshed. I mean, I kind of half limping coming in today. I kind of need a break. I'm feeling a little tired. Maybe I don't feel all that refreshed. It was good to do NYSERV, but I don't know that I feel all that refreshed. But it's not just God's word that says we're refreshed when we serve others. Actually, science backs that up as well. I've talked about this before, but there's a really incredible social science study that was turned into a book. The book is called The Paradox of Generosity. And the authors of this book say, it would seem obvious that being generous amounts to a net loss for us. So plainly, if I give money to someone else in need, I have a loss because I've, I've lost that money. Or if I give my time to someone else, there's an opportunity lost there. I could use that time for something else. So if I'm generous... I lose. But the study, and it's really extensive, says that's not actually the case, that generosity is paradoxical. That the one that is generous receives what they get, their word, goods, that are more valuable than what is given when you're generous. So if you give money or time or your abilities or, or, or your care or those types of things, you receive back something that's more than you lost. The goods that they talk about there are contentment and health and purpose and belonging and direction that is far more valuable than anything you give. Generosity is paradoxical. 
all might not be right in your world. And it's easy when, when things aren't right in our world, we can say, uh, you know what, I need, to, I need to spend more time focusing on me. I got to get this all right. But there is something refreshing about getting outside of ourselves. Maybe you've experienced that this week as you served. Maybe you got a little glimpse of that garden from back in Genesis chapter 1 where people were connected around a common purpose, around the purpose of, of peace and unity and continual better, 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 continually making the world around us better, joining God and moving his good creation forward. Shalom. Maybe you got a little glimpse of it this week as you served. We benefit because we're part of God restoring the world and developing the world, but we also benefit because we are literally remembered when we serve. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, you're members of a body, you as followers of Christ. Everyone has individual gifts and talents and abilities, but we all make up one singular thing. It's the shalom idea. So we're members of a body. We're all parts of a single thing, and we are drawn together as we serve others. The sense of belonging, the sense of connection, the sense of purpose. Relationships formed around a common purpose happen when we serve others. So we become remembered. Paul says we're members of a body. We're remembered. And actually, if you look back at the root of the word remember, it's not just recalling old facts. It's actually being drawn together. So that's why what happened this week matters so much because it's a chance for us to be part of that beautiful symphony being played out together. We're drawn together. We become part of the thing we were created for. Shalom has a little, a, a little more of a chance of becoming real in the world around us when we serve others. So what are some of the things that happened here at the Waterford campus this week? Well, we kicked the week off, the nice serve week, uh, at the Ronald McDonald House. There was a group, the Phipps Summit Connect group, went to the Ronald McDonald House. I think we have a picture of that. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, but they, they went out to the Ronald McDonald House, and uh, they, they served. The Ronald McDonald House is so great. They do work with, with, with vulnerable people, people that, are, uh, that have kids that are ill, and probably in the most isolated time possible, uh, they, 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 they went out and they served him a meal and, and said, you matter and you're not alone, right? The relentless pursuit of neighboring happened. There's, yeah, there's that picture of that group. Uh, another group went out and uh, served at uh, Lawton Child's Elementary School. Yeah, there's a picture of those guys. Uh, they're in portable units now. They don't have enough room in the school and so trash piles up on the campus because kids are moving in and out of buildings a lot, and so they went over and, and picked up trash. This is a special one because Lawton Childs Elementary School, which is right down the street, was our first home. The first summit Waterford was in the cafeteria of Lawton Childs Elementary School, so that's a relationship that has continued. So essentially, those guys went back home and picked up trash to make that campus better. We also had uh, yesterday a group of parents and kids serving with three different organizations. This is uh, blankets that are being made for children who are at Orlando Union Rescue Mission, homeless children, and, and homelessness impacts children in really profound ways. That is a picture of my wonderful wife and son, and that's pretty much an unashamed just reason. I just wanted to show you my, my cute family. So that's one of the organizations they worked with. They also, uh, the next picture is them, uh, another group of people, cutting out fabric from jeans, and those will be shipped to an organization called Soul Hope, 
who will make shoes for children in Uganda who don't have shoes. They also uh, prayed for our community. These parents and their kids, they prayed, and, and I watched it happen. It was incredible. They prayed for people in need. They prayed for the leaders of their city. It was unbelievable. The, those children and their parents, they led our congregation yesterday in really wonderful ways. There was another group that went out and painted. Oh, no, this is uh, Hope Helps. So that's a wonderful organization in Avito that is, is helping vulnerable people. They have a thrift store and a, and a home goods store, and this is just a chance for me to show you more cute kids. And so that's what uh, they went out and did that, and, and they are uh, one of our one of our oldest partners. When we started Summit Waterford, the, the hope was that we could reach further and deeper into our community and service. We never partnered with them before Summit Waterford was formed. Now they're one of our longest partnerships. That happened because multi-site. We said we want to we want to care for more people and we could finally reach all the way to Avito and serve. Uh, love, hope helps. They're doing awesome things. The next one, I believe, is the parking stripe one. Yeah, so we sent a couple of groups over to uh, local parks, Jay Blanchard and Acadia, and they painted parking lot stripes. And I was so nervous about this group because I thought they'd maybe get wobbly because I figured I would get wobbly. But they, look how straight that is. It's incredible. Uh, they did an awesome job. So if you go to a park and you know where you're supposed to put your car, uh, you, that's us. Uh, good job. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for doing that. Uh, I think is that at the end of pictures, do we have one more picture? Is that the end? Yeah, that's the end. So, uh, But there were so many other things that happened. Uh, one that I, I want to tell you, one more thing. So early on, about a couple months ago, I talked to Ashley Conrad, who runs our student ministries. That's our middle school and high school students. And I told her about this idea. I said, what if, what if NYSERV wasn't just a day, if it was a whole week of service that opened up an opportunity for everybody who could, maybe couldn't make it on Saturday, but everybody can be a part of NYSERV? What do you think about that for students? And she said, I'm in. And I didn't know what, what I'm in actually meant, but she meant it. She's in. So all the Summit Connect groups, because our middle school and high school students have Summit Connect groups too, just like we do, but all of our Summit Connect groups, they got together and they dreamed up project ideas and they pursued the relationships and they all came up with project ideas to benefit the people around them. One group went and picked up trash in a, in a neighborhood that, that typically has a lot. One group, uh, George's group, they wrote letters of encouragement to servicemen and women, not just generally, but specifically from our community. Two of the groups made meals for New, new mothers and fathers new, that have new babies. They, they were so awesome at, at, at just leading and being creative and finding increasingly creative ways to, to live out God's call to love him and, and, and love others. It was, it was incredible. So all this adds up to 213 people at Summit Waterford saying yes to be a part of serving others in this week. That's our largest nice serve that we've had in four years. So thank you for being a part of it. It really does matter. All of that is worth celebrating, and so I would be remiss if I actually didn't clap for you. So thank you for being a part of what happened. It's a big part of why this campus exists, and so all of that is worth remembering. It's all worth remembering. It's all, it's all worth us taking time to, to look back on, but it's also part of how we are remembered. This isn't about a task completed and forgotten. This isn't closing the book on NYSERV and we'll pick it back up in the fall when, when we get the green shirts out again. This is who we're called to be. It's uh, us being this type of people, people who bring peace to the world for yesterdays that are kind of broken for people and, and are refreshed as we look to develop and move God's creation forward in a good way for us and for, and for others, for, for tomorrows that actually matter. 
So nice serve isn't over. The hope is this is the people that we are, that this is a catalyst for ongoing lifestyles of service, that we maybe are, are woken to this idea of let's look around our neighborhoods. Let's be people that care for those in need. And maybe that starts with inviting a neighbor over so we know them well enough to know what those needs are. If you see a need in our community, let's do something about it. That's how Jesus lived. He moved toward people. He got close enough to know their story, to know how to help. And he got really familiar with the question, what do you want me to do for you? That should be part of the just general context of what it means to be followers of Jesus and what it means to be Summit here in Waterford, asking the question, what do you want me to do for you? And then stick around long enough to get an answer and care, care enough about that answer to do something about it. So nice serve isn't over. Let's continue to be this type of people. Figuratively, nice serve isn't over. But in fact, nice serve literally isn't over as well. Here's what I mean. We're going to continue to celebrate. We're going to continue to worship through serving others. We're going to take the rest of this service, and we're actually going to do one more project. And here's why. When the student ministries, Ashley and, and the student ministries, the middle school and high school students got together and they got all excited, they actually came up with another idea as well. They were like, hey, is there any way that we could lead a project for the whole church? And I said, I don't know. Uh, but we figured out a way. So they, they said, well, we'd love to just help walk people through caring for others. So we began the week at Ronald McDonald House caring for families that have children in, in need. And we're going to do the same as well. There's a really cool bookend to this week. They accept care packages for families as they come in because it's hard to think, you know, if your kid's ill and, and you have tests and, and, and between doctor's appointments and all of those things, that's why you stay at the Ronald McDonald House. To think about things like toiletries or snacks for your other kids as you're maneuvering all of this. So they accept care packages for the families that are there. We're going to spend the rest of our service actually making care packages for those folks. Um, the goal just so you know, as a, as a campus, was 300. We were going to make 300 of these packages. And uh, I thought I was kind of clear about that, but the first service made 300. And so, <laughs> so we're going to see how many we can make. We're going to see what we can do together. And it's so important, again, as we are remembered, as we're drawn together by serving others, it's important to remember just how much impact the church can have when we're willing to serve others. We are so uh, able and have so much potential and so much power to be the, the hope and the help in the hands of Christ in our community. And this will be a little glimpse of that. So here's how it's going to work. You maybe noticed it when you came in, but outside in the grass area in the parking lot, there's some stations that are set up. And student ministries, our middle school and high school students, are there to lead us through. They'll give us instructions. They'll tell us how to pack the care packages, where to put them when we're done. I'll keep a tally. And, and when we're all finished with whatever materials we have, uh, then we'll celebrate together. And I'll actually do the benediction from the parking lot. So this is part of the service. Now, let me say, uh, if, you, if, you have, if you're like, man, it's hot outside, or you have mobility issues, we will have a station inside. Feel absolutely free to take advantage of that. Uh, and, and if you have to go, and no one's making you serve. Don't feel ashamed, like trying to drive around back so people don't know. Just if you got to go, you got to go. That's great. Um, 
And also, base camp. If you have kids in base camp, feel absolutely free, and I encourage you, leave them in base camp. They're going through their curriculum now just like a normal week, and, and they have people back there to love them, and we'll close the service down at normal time, maybe even a few minutes early, depending on how fast you guys are, and so you can pick up your kids after we do the benediction from the parking lot. Clear as mud? Good. Ask student ministries people. They'll have, they'll have shirts on uh, to help. Everybody, if you would stand, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going we're gonna to head out. 